Hello, everyone. Welcome to week three of A White Girl's Guide to Hip Hop. Um, I am overcome with joy, y'all. Like, I am so surprised with the love that I have gotten from this podcast and this little project. And so, like I said last week, like I'm always going to say, thank you so much for following me and my journey, our journey through learning more about the hip hop world. Um, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Um, I hope you have listened to previous episodes and you are enjoying what you've heard so far. But if this is your first episode, don't worry, you haven't missed anything. Um, I have not really, you know, told a story that if you miss a week, you miss a lot. Um, But that being said, um, there are a few kind of details we should probably go over really quick. Um, The first thing is I, along with some of uh, my colleagues in the podcast world, are having issues with iTunes podcast. Um, And that being said, my my episodes along with some of the other people that I know who podcast, uh, iTunes has not been updating the RSS feed. And so if you are following me in the iTunes store, iPod, iPod, iTunes podcast app, um, and you're not seeing updated episodes, I'm not sure what's going on. Hopefully it's because of the update coming soon to the podcast app. The big one we've all been waiting for since announced at, um, the Apple conference a couple months ago. Um, but for now we're just on SoundCloud. I'm always on SoundCloud. Um, I like SoundCloud a lot. Um, and I actually just went SoundCloud pro for this podcast. Um, so you won't have to miss any, any episodes or any weeks or any past interviews, um, that were up prior to me actually starting the official white girls guide. Um, so those are back up. I know a few of them had gotten deleted because I'd reached an upload limit. Um, but now that we're SoundCloud pro, everything should be there and everything should be good. It doesn't mean you can't listen to this podcast though. If you, if you don't pay for SoundCloud pro, um, all of my episodes are available to everyone, um, regardless of if you pay for the premium service or not. So moving right along into this week, um, this is going to be the first episode of four um, where I'm going to kind of dive into regions of hip hop. Now, last week, um, if you checked out last week's episode, I talked um, more of a broad overview, not by city or state or um, any type of rap style affiliation. I basically just went over the broad history of hip hop starting in 1973 all the way through today. Um, But now starting this week, um, I want to kind of dive a little more deeper and really analyze what it means to be a part of a specific region. So if you are new to the hip hop world and maybe you've heard of Tupac and Biggie and you hear that they're East Coast hip hop, or if you hear about Kendrick Lamar being from Oakland and that he is West Coast hip hop. And then there's this little thing called Midwest hip hop. Um, or if you hear someone say that they're from Chicago, they're up in Chi-Town. Um, those are specific regions and types of uh, rap styles that come out of those regions and new rappers take influences from the old. Um, and so I think that it's really important to have you understand what it means to be a regional rapper. Um, and that doesn't mean if you have that, uh, specific sound that you're any less talented than any other rapper who's more experimental. Um, but it definitely may have defined where you started, um, your hip hop journey, especially if you, um, 
are like me who I'm from Cleveland and, um, I got my start really in Cleveland hip hop, Chicago hip hop, um, because that's where I was from and that's where, um, you know, music was kind of more easily available to me. Um, but of course we are going to hit every region. So this week is Midwest hip hop, and then I'll move into the dirty South into East coast and West coast. And then from there, I hope that you stick around to see what else that we have in season one of a white girl's guide to hip hop. Stay tuned. I dedicate this to my teachers that never believed in me and the mother that conceived, but ended up leaving me. I just wish y'all could see me smile. This big grins on the TV now. Uh, and I took it from the bottom to the top From the holes in my socks Raymond noodles in the pot Used to rob them on the block Now they spot me in a drop Middle finger up and that ain't gon' stop I used to take orders And now I make bets I used to scrub floors Now I sign checks I used to push carts Now I push songs Yeah, I used to be there Now I am so gone I fired myself Found a job myself Established my name Then I signed myself And what I tell myself Is you did this by yourself And when I'm on so long Long, I'll be by myself. So take my name. Remember this place. Okay, so like any region of the United States, you have major cities that kind of make up that region where they're most populated. Um, a lot of cultural influences come from those areas. And so with Midwest hip hop, the major cities that we're going to cover today are Cleveland, CLE for life. Shout out to all my homies, my day one squad um, from Shaker Heights, from Tremont, and from every other little suburb of Cleveland. I love y'all so much. Um, other cities include Detroit, Chicago, also called Chi-Town depending on which artist you're listening to and how they represent. Um, Also Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. Now, St. Louis is going to be not as uh, content heavy as the other ones just because not a whole lot has come out of St. Louis, but it is a major city in the region, so I want to make sure that I cover it. Now, what exactly is the Midwest sound? So in Midwest hip-hop, it's not as defined as East Coast or West Coast, um, or even the Dirty South. A lot of artists that come out of the Midwest are, my personal opinion, I think that they're a little more experimental in their sounds. Um, They tend to maybe put out a pop album like Kanye West did, or an autobiography album that Vic Mensa did at the beginning of the year, and he included acoustics in his tracks. Um, So there's a lot more self-defining as an artist that goes on, I think, in Midwest hip-hop compared to gangster rap out of Harlem or um, the weed sounds of Oakland. Um, Now, the difference kind of more instrumentally with Midwest hip-hop is that the tempo usually sits between 90 and 180 beats, um, whereas East Coast is usually 90 to 120. And so Basically, long story short, what that means is that with Midwest hip hop, um, you have more fluctuation in tempo. So not every song that comes out of that of that region or area um, are going to sound the same. You might not have slow beats all the time that artists there are known for. You may have an album that's got five slow songs, five fast songs, and they kind of experiment with that tempo. Um, but also in uh, vocal patterns, the one thing that does make Midwest sound kind of stand out is that rappers at one point in the late 90s, early 2000s um, is kind of the high point in the era that we're discussing today. Um, There was a term that was coined um, by Tech9 um, known as choppers. Um, And 
you're really not going to hear that chop sound out of any other rapper in the U.S. unless they are taking influence from Midwest, but it doesn't seem like that's really happened too much. Um, but basically what a chopper is, is it's the way that they kind of double up on their words and they not necessarily trip over their words, but if you're not really familiar with hip hop and how articulation works, using the phrase tripping over their words kind of makes the most sense. Um, so I'm going to play an example of Tech Nine right now. One of their songs, Caribou Lou, is probably one of my favorite Tech Nine songs um, to just kind of sum up what I'm talking about. Come, half a bottle of 151, off in a jug, one cup of Malibu rum, baby, that's what's subbed in you. Fill the rest of the jug with pineapple juice and it's cracking. The only defect is waking up like what happened, I like... So again, there really aren't consistency consistencies in Midwest rappers. Um, like I said, we're going to see a lot of similarities between the artists within Midwest, but we're not going to see those influences leave the Midwest region, kind of those flyover states. Now, rappers that can be categorized under Midwest hip hop. Um, so Cleveland specifically, we're going to always start with Cleveland, y'all. I'm sorry, but I love Cleveland. I am overly proud to be from Cleveland. If you're not living in Cleveland right now and you're one of my friends or you're a Twitter follower of mine or you read my stuff... I literally rep Cleveland so hard every day that it's I'm probably the most annoying person in the entire world, but I don't really care. I love my hometown, and if we had a better economy, I'd probably move home, but that's besides the point. Um, so rappers that come out of my hometown are Bone Thugs and Harmony. They got started in the 90s um, and put out their first album, I believe in 94, um, after they kind of made the mecca to LA West Coast hip hop and was signed um and they came back to Cleveland and they've been doing it ever since and they are one of the top artists to come out of Cleveland um and have the most recognition for their style their album content um and the fact that they rep Cleveland um in most every song like East 1999 you're gonna hear you know street names like Superior and St. Clair and those are those are pretty um heavily populated areas within inner inner city Cleveland that if you are from that area you know exactly where St. Clair Avenue is or where Superior or uh any of those other major streets that make up the east side of Cleveland and then you have Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi is... He's a great artist. Um, he doesn't necessarily fall into the chopper sound of the Midwest region like Bone Thugs does. Um, Kid Cudi really kind of hit that experimental phase. Um, he was a big druggie um, during his kind of height in rap, um, also in his high school phase. Um, and so he he's kind of more on the hipster rapper side. Um, he has albums entirely talking about tripping on mushrooms and his experiences um, with that. Um, he doesn't 
necessarily not do music anymore, but he really hasn't put out a whole lot um, because he did kind of move into acting and he did a show called How to Make It in America with Brian Greenberg. And it's on Amazon now, if I remember correctly. Um, But he really kind of just is mellow. He lives his life. Um, So he, again, is more of an experimental rapper, and that's totally fine. Also out of Cleveland, you have MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, He, I feel like I've talked about him a few times before, Um, but Machine Gun Kelly is definitely another experimental um, kind of rapper out of the Midwest region like Kid Cudi is. Um, But Machine Gun Kelly does incorporate a little bit of that chopper sound into his early work, not necessarily his new stuff. we can kind of get into his artistry later on. Um, but Machine Gun Kelly has kind of found his artistry. Um, and he's really lately, um, in his most recent album, 27, has incorporated those influences of the punk scene that he loves so much. You know, Linkin Park, Blink-182. Machine Gun Kelly's always been a punk kid, even though he's a rapper. He wears Converse. He wears the Anarchy A on all of his stuff. He's got it tattooed on him. He also reps Cleveland outrageously a lot. Um, and of course there's nothing wrong with that. Um, he's got, he's covered in Ohio tattoos. Um, and he always rapped about Cleveland and now more so he's trying to become a commercial artist, however, and really try to put out an artistic pop song, um, to kind of keep his, maybe his validity or staying current. Um, but he's done features with Lil John in the past. He's done features with, um, Camilla who used to be in, uh, Fifth Harmony and she's gone solo. And he's also done stuff with like Haley Steinfeld. Um, so Machine Gun Kelly, again, he is a little bit of a out their kind of artist, but that is okay. If you're from Cleveland and you're listening to this, I don't know why I've said that like five times, but if you uh, are from Cleveland, you either love Machine Gun Kelly or you hate Machine Gun Kelly. And that's probably because he is obnoxiously repping the city or he's just obnoxious in general. Um, he is known for trashing hotel rooms and jumping off stage and signing girls' boobs and He's very much a punk rapper, and that's perfectly fine, but you either love him or you hate him. There's really no in-between. I've actually never met anyone that is kind of on the fence about Machine Gun Kelly, so if you're one of those people, give me a shout-out and let me know, because I'm very curious. Kind of spanning off Machine Gun Kelly um, is a rapper called Paper Polk, and he is new to me. Um, Not as new. Um, I've been following him for maybe six months or so, but he is the next big thing out of Cleveland. Um, He's had a ton of interviews um, from independent and larger media outlets. Um, and he actually has some music coming out, music videos coming out soon, but he's really great. Um, he doesn't necessarily incorporate that chopper sound either though. Um, he has more of a 2017 experimental sound where it's kind of gangster rap, kind of mumble rap. Um, you have to give him a listen. His entire, uh, EP 
his mixtape that's on Spotify. It's called Stay Committed, um, and it was released about a month ago. Um, but so really out of Cleveland, though, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony is really one of those only artists that incorporated that chopper sound. And again, that kind of ties into me talking about how Midwest rap is mostly experimental, because if you look at just Cleveland, you have all these sounds coming out of one tiny couple zip code area. Um, but Cleveland is top 10 cities for hip hop. And so they deserve to be recognized as such because they are experimental and they're kind of doing their own thing. Okay. So really quickly, just to cover Kansas city, there really hasn't been a whole lot of out of Kansas city over the last 20 years. But the one big artist is Tech Nine, and he's really made a made a name for himself um, over the course of the career that he's had. He's actually the one that coined the term. Um, and it was given because of his fast rhyming style. No one's really made a name for themselves out of Kansas City other than Tech Nine. And although he's put out an album in the last five years, um, he kind of lost traction once we started moving into that mumble rap R&B phase of hip hop in the mid 2000s. And so kind of the next city on our tour stop this episode, um, we're going to talk about Detroit. Now, more than likely, you know who Eminem is, um, you know who Big Sean is, but more than likely, you know them because they have gained a lot of pop culture uh, connections over the last handful of years. Um, most specifically, Eminem, he did the whole movie 8 Mile based on his journey into hip-hop. In the movie 8 Mile, uh, he journeys his way through becoming a battle rapper, and that's actually how Eminem did get his start. He was a battle rapper on 8 Mile. Um, and since then, um, Eminem has definitely put out a handful of declining uh quality of music and if you are a fan of Eminem I'm sorry but I am I appreciate his lyrical style I appreciate his ability to be a successful lyricist on almost everything that he does but I really truly believe that battle rappers uh don't last as artists once they are produced because they don't have the freedom to just hit on a beat and go with the flow instead they have to record re-record and make everything perfect. Um, and that's why I think Eminem, although he is a Midwest hip hopper, I think that he has kind of fallen flat on his artistry, um, and hasn't really had the ability to regain his hardness, I guess you could say in the music industry. Eminem has done a lot of pop features over the last 15 years, um, to maybe stay relevant. Um, but he also, you know, for me, I think it's a lot that has to do with his articulation and his vocal cords. Um, I am not a fan of his voice. Um, I think that his voice sound, the way that his voice sounds is kind of rather annoying. Um, and he, you know, just doesn't really do it for me. Um, but he is a Detroit rapper. He is really the person that brought white, white, race into hip-hop now I know that the Beastie Boys got started in the 80s but again like we said last week the Beastie Boys are very much a pop rap sensation and don't incorporate real lyricism like Eminem does and so I really do have to credit Eminem with opening the door for 
white rappers who want to join the industry. So other artists out of Detroit, you have Big Sean. Big Sean's gained a lot of traction um, since he got his start and signed um, with his label uh, back a couple years ago. And Big Sean, you know, if you're into pop music, you know that he dated Ariana Grande. Not like that really matters for the hip hop game, but that's probably how you know him if you're not familiar with hip hop. Um, He is also known for his kind of shotgun fast rhyming flows, um, so much so that he has been really, uh, compared to Eminem and to Tech 9 and to, um, Busta Rhymes and a few other big name artists that came out of the turn of the century into the 2000s. Blessings on blessings. Look at my life, man. That's lessons on lessons on lessons. I treat the beat like it's irreverent. I tell the truth like, Father, forgive me. These are all my confessions, man. This wasn't luck. It was destined. I done lost homies who've been with me since Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Who um, Big Sean has done a lot of collaboration recently with artists like Metro Boomin. They put out a whole collaboration um, a couple weeks ago that had some very interesting content in there, like talking about going to White Castle um, or talking about Mario and Luigi. Um, So definitely check that out. I will put that album in the article notes. Um, But then you have other artists like Royce to Five Nine and Proof. Um, Proof is no longer with us. He died um, back in 2008, if I believe correctly, either 2006 or 2008. But he was a part of a rap group called D12. Now, more than likely, you probably don't know who D12 is. They were a kind of what hit wonder. They were on MTV for a couple of songs. Eminem was actually a part of the group of D12 and their most famous song is My Band. But Royce Defy 9 is still around and he is one of my favorite artists um, to have in a mixtape uh, just for his rap style and flow. He still has kind of that gangster rap feel, that sound. Um, and he, he's an older rapper. He's about 40 now, um, but he still reps Detroit. He's done a lot in the music industry since then. Um, um, but he definitely has um, a, more of an underground following, I guess you could say. Um, and he does have a new album coming out soon called The Goat. Um, and it's interesting because he has Osama Bin Laden on the album cover. Um, so it's going to be really interesting what this album is going to contain. Um, he's not necessarily as, uh, pushy, I guess you could say as Joyner Lucas with talking about, um, specific issues in, you know, in the industry, in politics, in the community. Um, but it's definitely, it will be interesting. Um, and I'm not sure when the album comes out, but the out, the album artwork definitely says enough about what we should expect. And then, so moving on to Chicago, um, Chicago is probably the most mainstream now, um, Well, maybe not. Maybe Oakland's a little bit more. But in terms of Midwest hip hop, Chicago is really that mainstream city that chances are you know more than most of the rappers that have come out of the Chi-Town area. Um, Specifically, we have Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West, Vic Mensa, Common, Chance the Rapper. Rapper, 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 rapper. I could go on. Um, There's so many rappers that have come out of Chicago, and it's really been great to see 
what they've all done um, because Lupe Fiasco started as a skateboarding rapper. Um, his entire first album is all about skateboarding. Uh, chances are you heard th- you've heard the song Kick Push. So I'm sorry, young man. There's no skating in, so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. Um, it's my favorite Lupe Fiasco song, but since then he's moved on and he does a little more harder uh, content in his music. Um, it seems like he's kind of grown up in the industry um, and he's had tracks that are pretty trap. He's had tracks that talk about praying. He's talked about politics um, on his recent album, uh, Drogas Light, um, is where he's kind of found his calling, um, so to speak. And Lupe Fiasco, he's done a lot of features on TV shows like One Tree Hill. Um, so he's kind of gained, you know, the mainstream medium, um, from his beginning music and he's kind of just lived off that. Um, but then you have, you know, Kanye West, Vic Mensa, uh, Common and Chance the Rapper who have all kind of come from, the same area of Chicago. They've all touched on violence in Chicago, on gun violence, uh, domestic abuse. They've talked about uh, poverty. Uh, you know, specifically though, Kanye West has done it in a pop way. Um, Kanye West is, you know, the artist, and I've talked about this before, but he is the artist that's really paved the way for hip hop to join pop music, um, because of his instrumental quality and his light tones on heavier subjects. Um, and then Vic Mensa is definitely a very artistic rapper. Um, I have been following Vic for probably two or three years now, um, since he played South by here in Austin. Um, but Vic Mensa is very outspoken on gun violence in his community. He's been on, um, United Shades of America, which is the CNN documentary, um, featuring Kamal Bell. And he sat down with a couple gang members of Chicago and talked about gang violence and, you know, the unfortunate opportunities that, young kids have these days of not having art or having basketball courts in their housing complex in the projects and how he would like to see kids holding a basketball instead of holding a gun. Um, and so he definitely, he's very outspoken about his community and he tries to do what he can, does what he can. Um, but his recent album, The Autobiography, came out in June, if I believe correctly. Um, and he talks about everything that's gone on in his life, you know, from losing his friends at a young age to gun violence to talking about getting good grades or skipping school to kiss a girl. Um, his album is definitely one of the top albums for me of the year, probably top 15, I would say. Um, and so I would definitely recommend checking him out if you are interested in more of the artistic side of hip hop and not just, you know, necessarily he is conscious rap, but he doesn't necessarily have that boom bap conscious sound. Um, so definitely check him out if you're looking for a little more artistic value on an album. And then finally, if Chance the Rapper, um, who, has definitely paved the way for hip hop, um, for unsigned artists. He's definitely shown that anything is possible if you just work hard. Uh, Chance the Rapper won a Grammy this year off being an unsigned artist for his album, uh, The Coloring Book. He is very 
involved with the education system in Chicago, donating millions of dollars. Um, he's also been on Sesame Street and he's done, you know, commercials with Kit Kat and he definitely, Chance the Rapper is definitely a millennial. Um, you probably have seen people with hats with the number three on them. Um, that is a Chance the Rapper fashion statement. If you are a fan of him, if you follow him, that is Chance merch. Um, and he makes all of his money specifically off of the music he makes. He is not signed to any label. Um, he did sign a contract with Google Music, uh, Google Play. And so he does make money off of commercials when they play his music, um, and vice versa. Um, so that's Chicago. And now with, uh, you know, other Midwest, we're kind of going to move back closer to the East coast and go to Pittsburgh. Um, now Pittsburgh, Schittsburg, if you're from Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh is not really made a whole lot of traction, um, with hip hop. You have two main artists that have come out of Pittsburgh, uh, Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller. Um, Mac Miller is a frat rapper who I don't think is really ever been a serious artist. He's definitely, I'm going to talk about smoking weed and partying. Um, and that's his style and that's totally fine. Um, but then you have Wiz Khalifa who is also very vocal about his weed intake. Um, but Wiz Khalifa actually was just recently on another podcast called short story long, um, who that podcast is run by, uh, Chris drama who, uh, is from Akron, um, the Cleveland area and kind of interviews individuals who are, you know, who maybe didn't go to college or they were into skateboarding or basketball as kids. And then they become entrepreneurs. Um, and so he recently had Wiz Khalifa on the show to kind of walk through how he got his start in hip hop and basketball and where he's at now as an artist. So definitely check that out. I'll put that link in the uh, notes of the podcast. Um, but Wiz Khalifa, he's, you know, he's had contracts with the Steelers, his black and yellow song. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot with Snoop Dogg. He's done stuff with handfuls of artists. Um, he's on a new song on Dave East's new album, Paranoia, um, talking about weed again. Um, but that track's called Phone Jumpin' and it's probably my favorite off that album just because Wiz Khalifa just brings such a lighter tone to artists' albums when he does do features. Um, but it's still enough to kind of take him seriously. Um, he definitely has a voice in hip hop, although he is outrageously mainstream. But again, neither of those artists really incorporate, uh, the chopper style, um, that we've talked about the kind of defined Midwest hip hop at the beginning. Um, but in their own ways, they have their own artistry, you know, whether it's talking about weed and having that be your brand or being a frat rapper and partying at Lollapalooza or Warp Tour or whatever else Mac Miller, uh, chooses to do similarly to Asher Roth or Kyle Lucas. And then finally, in St. Louis, you have the dance rappers. Um, really, the rappers that have come out of St. Louis have one-hit wonders, um, and they are dance tracks. Uh, you've heard them in clubs. You you know a dance to them. Um, but mainly, you have Nelly, Jaquan, and Huey, who have come out of St. Louis. Uh, Nelly, you probably know him from It's Getting Hot in Here, um, or his all of his recent 
stuff in the news with the sexual allegations that have come out against him and him in turn suing those false allegations. Um, but then you have Jay Kwan, who really is known for the one song that kind of went mainstream for him, and that's called Tipsy. It's not even a good track. Um, it's catchy, and it was there for a little while in the 2006 era of hip-hop. Um, and similarly, then you have Huey, who had the Pop Lock and Drop It song. Um, both of those are terrible songs, but again, they're catchy. And they did define the dance era um, because they came out around the time that the Dougie did and Soldier Boy was giving his name. Um, and from there... but. They, none of them have done anything really since then. Um, Nelly still tours, but the rest of them are kind of sitting on their one-hit wonder millions and living their lives out. So that is the Midwest hip-hop region. Um, I wanted to kind of keep this this episode a little shorter. Um, last week was really content-heavy, and so these next couple weeks, I just kind of want to graze right through um, so we can really start talking about artists specifically. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode about Midwest hip hop. I hope you learned something and I hope you share this podcast with your friends. Make sure to rate me, retweet me, um, follow me on social media, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye! Every single day like you won't see it again So take my name Remember this face Keep the change and have a nice day And live for the moment Not by the past Homie, live each day like it's your last